Welcome everyone, this is No Bones About Wrestling. I'm your host Asa, and of course I'm here with Kay Fabulous. Hey. And this is the first episode, uh, we're doing something new here. Uh, we have a brand new show, it's called This Week in AEW, where instead of doing multiple shows a week, we're doing, just like it sounds, we're doing everything in, in AEW in one week. So it goes from uh, last Wednesday to yesterday, Tuesday. And of course, it, it, some news will be from, uh, I'm sorry, not yesterday. It goes from last Wednesday to today, which is Tuesday. Um, and uh, we'll be covering uh, matches, news, rumors. Uh, we're going to do, we have some different things that we're trying. We're, we're going to have a ranking system. We're going to have uh, a topic of the week we do. Uh, we got some different things in store for you, and uh, so let's see how it how it shakes out. Uh, first off, though, I'm just gonna uh, get to it real quick and and read off the match results for this past week. All right, AEW Dynamite, August sixteenth, twenty twenty three. They were in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, international title match: Orange Cassidy pinned Wheeler Yuta. That was four and a half bones. Uh, in tag team action, Darby Allen and Nick Wayne beat the Gates of Agony, two-thirds of the Ring of Honor six-man tag team champions. Gave that one two bones. Very hard to swallow that result. In the Texas Chainsaw Massacre match, it was a mess. Jeff Jarrett pinned Jeff Hardy after interference from ten different people. I gave it one half of a bone because at least Leatherface showed up. In a match to determine who would be in the women's four-way at All-In, Dr. Britt Baker pinned the bunny. That was three bones out of five. And the Young Bucks beat the Guns in a match that was three and a half bones out of five. Uh, AEW Collision was August, what, what was that? 19th, 2023. Uh, the opening match... Ring of Honor World Television Champion Samoa Joe came down to the ring, but he was jumped by the, the jobber who was going to face him. Uh, he got jumped ahead of the bell. He got a high knee in the corner and then got to go to sleep. And then it gets revealed that it's none other than Phil Brooks, CM Punk. Uh, so the match was a no contest. We never we never got to see him. And he was dressed in head-to-toe in this skin-tight golden outfit with vampire fangs on the chest of it and was a character called the Golden Vampire, appropriately enough. <laughs> and I tell you, ever since it happened, I can't think about anything else except the Golden Vampire. <laughs> I love it. Um, so yeah, we had a no contest there, and uh, what happened was uh, CM Punk uh, knocked him out with a go-to-sleep and said got on the mic and said, I accept, bitch, and left. And that was the the only time we saw CM Punk on this episode of CM Punk and Friends, as we call it. Uh, next up, Switchblade Jay White pinned Dalton Castle, four-bone match. Very good match. In trios action, Juice Robinson and the Guns beat the Iron Savages. That was three and a half bones out of five. Uh, in a squash match, Big Bill pinned Derek Neal. 
In ladies' action, Willow Nightingale pinned Diamante. Very solid match, four bones out of five. In another squash match, Powerhouse Hobbs pinned Kevin Koo. And in the main event of AEW Collision, Darby Allen pinned Christian Cage. Uh, very good match. I gave it four and a half bones. Um, so two four and a half bone matches this week. Darby Allen's victory over Christian and Orange Cassidy's successful international title defense over Wheeler Utah. But the match of the week is going to Orange Cassidy beating Wheeler Utah. Good choice. Uh, excellent match. Those two guys uh, are so well matched. Uh, they seem they have a, a good chemistry in ring. They just their moves answered one another, and I didn't think Utah had a chance going in. But by the end of it, I thought there was a chance of him winning. So that's good on them for being able to to sway me a bit. And it was just a fantastic match. Nothing against Darby and Christian, but just Orange Cassidy and and Wheeler Utah edged them out there. Mm-hmm. Their stars shined a little brighter. Yeah, and as for Collision, it's weird, you know. We, so many jobber matches. We had CM Punk dressed as a jobber. We had Juice Robinson and the Guns beat the Iron Savages. Who the fuck are the Iron Savages? We had Big Bill pin Derek Neal. Who the fuck is Derek Neal? We had Powerhouse Hobbs pin Kevin Koo. Who the fuck is Kevin Koo? Okay, but the Iron Savages, I feel like, are a new tag team that they're introducing. I don't think they're a jobber team. They're 0-2. Well, they're just having a rough start of it. And their gimmick is they like eating ass. What? They were talking about it on the, on the television the other night. They made some reference to What are you talking about? I'm not, I'm not going to get into it because I don't want to be that kind of show. But they're the ones that made a reference to it. So if you want to, you can go search for it yourself. I don't want to. Yeah. I don't want to be that kind of show talking about that kind of thing. But Okay. Uh, so the next thing, I uh, just wanted to get the results out of the way real early. Um, so that's what we'll be doing is giving you the results for, for Dynamite, the results for Collision, the, the two main shows, uh, Rampage, which is kind of pretend like it doesn't exist, kind of the way Tony Khan does. Um, Rampage is good. Uh, hey, I love Rampage, but yeah, we may start adding the the the, the matches to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but up next, what we're gonna do is uh, something I've been wanting to do, and uh, so Kay, Fabulous, and I have devised our own rating system. So after much debate, after much hand wringing, uh, after much of a battle, we came up with a top five. So. We we have a top five uh, women's, we have a top five in teams, and that can either mean a tag team or a trios team. And we have a top five men's poll also. So in, in short, the way we did it was we made our own polls, we assigned values, you know, first place is worth the most, and so on as you go down. Uh... And then we we added each other's lists. Uh, you know, we added the lists together uh, to come up with this. So it's kind of an average of our yeah uh, of our two lists. Uh, so um, let me see. Yeah, I have it here. So I'm going to start 
with the women. Uh, number five. Wait, should we clarify that this is uh, over the last, like, month? Yeah, well, what would take, yeah. What, this is not, like, the best wrestler in the company that we're necessarily, that we're right. This is here. Yeah, this is pretty much who, who have been the performers that have stood out in the last month or so, correct, yeah. Um, you know, as far as, and, and it takes into account in-ring, promos, uh, whatever, yeah, acting, whatever mm-hmm. a wrestler is called on to do, this takes it all into account. That's how we're looking at it, okay? So it's not, it's not just in-ring, you know, if Brian, if Brian Danielson's not first place every week, don't blame me, because it's not just in-ring, okay? Um... Yeah, so that's how we how we how we graded it. Uh, so without further ado, let me get to it. So our first ever ratings poll, uh, the women's. Uh, I feel like we need a drum roll. Uh, fifth place, Willow Nightingale. Been having some solid matches lately. Uh, she beat Diamante, wasn't it? Yes. Beat Diamante on Collision. And it's been it's been solid. Had had the New Japan, uh, women's strong championship, which she lost. Correct. Uh, yeah. But she had it for for a little bit there. Um, and lost yeah. it to Julia, I believe. Mm-hmm. And stardom is something not to get a, on a whole aside, but stardom is something we got to watch some of that because I I saw some today, and I was very impressed. I know. I thought we couldn't find we it. We got. We're gonna we're gonna try and find it because. Okay. It looks awesome. Um, so fifth place, Willow. You know, she's an up-and-comer. A lot of upside on her. Uh, you know, she's got a good gimmick. She likes having fun. She likes beating ass, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's what people like to see in their wrestlers. Uh, so I, I think she has a good future in the company. Uh, number four. Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, who's had, had kind of a, a rocky bit, uh, rocky road for a little bit, but just uh, this week, she beat the bunny to work her way into that four-way at all-in. So she's one of the top contenders to the women's championship right now. Uh, third place... Chris Statlander, the TBS champion. Uh, Statlander, I don't think she had a match this week. She did not have a match this week. Uh, but it's AEW Women's. They only get so many. They get two matches a week. So <laughs> uh, Chris, Chris Statlander, just uh, as, as far as being the TBS champion, has been on a roll in her matches. She's looked good. Uh, her interviews have been fun and quirky. So she's earned that third spot as Statlander. And Kay, anytime you want to say something about these rankings, feel free to jump in, you know? Okay. Okay. Uh, number two, and this one was close. Uh, number two. This one was a tie that we had to do a tiebreaker for. Yeah. That's how close it was. Well, we had to have a, d- a debate. Yes, yeah. Uh, number two, representing the outcasts, Tony Storm. The former two-time women's champion who, you know, lost to Hikaru Shida, lost her belt. Uh, have we seen her wrestle since then? 
I don't believe so. I think we've just seen a steady unraveling, uh, and it's been delightful. It's been very funny. Yeah. Her playing this, what's that, uh, what's that movie? Sunset Boulevard, isn't it? I don't There's the starlet, and she's growing older, but she has this palatial home, and she has this, uh, film viewing room, and she just watches her old movies on a lo- on a loop. And has people come over trying to get her out back out into reality, but they, she won't. She just wants to relive the past. It's a good comparison. I think it's Sunset Boulevard. I have no idea. God damn it! I can't think of the title. Anyways, that's gonna drive me crazy. But yeah, those those have been the the interviews with her have been good. The her coming out in like a dressing gown, mm-hmm. like she's not quite ready. Uh, and you know different hairstyles and like, things. Like from like the thirties and forties, like, mm-hmm. like a Hollywood starlet, like you said. Leaving, you know, twice now she's left the, the eye of the camera, and we've seen a, a, a shoe come flying in at the interviewer. You know, mm-hmm. uh, at Lexinair. Yeah. So funny stuff. Funny stuff. Yeah. So hopefully, uh, and Storm, she's in that women's four way at All In also. Hopefully she'll win her belt back so she can restore her sanity. And that may be what it takes. Uh, which, of course, means that number one, the rightful number one, Hikaru Shida, the women's world champion. Uh, she was out of action this week. But she's the women's world champion, so she she gets number one. I think she had a match on Rampage. Oh, that, that may be it then. Yeah. All right, in our team's rankings, and remember, these can be tag teams or trios teams. Uh, we kind of lumped them, lumped them all together. Uh, number five, Aussie Open, the Ring of Honor World Tag Team Champions. Uh, these guys have been on a roll, uh, been looking good on Ring of Honor, uh, basically going, running roughshod and... Going undefeated on Ring of Honor, yeah? Well, I didn't use anything from Ring of Honor to, to rank them. Oh, okay. But I feel like, I mean, they've they've won their matches on on Dynamite and mm-hmm. in AEW recently, and they're just a force to be reckoned with. That Coriolis that they do is not something you can recover from, apparently. So I'm very much looking forward to their match with uh, Better Than You, Bebe. Yeah, it it's one of the matches to which I'm most looking forward on that on that card, and it's yeah. on the pre-show. I know, which is awesome. So all in, we're gonna you know we keep mentioning it. We're gonna talk about all in a little bit more later, uh, or a lot bit more later. <laughs> uh, number four in the team's top five, the Young Bucks. So just in their career, they you might think they've earned a permanent top five spot, but that's not how we roll around here. Uh, the reason that they're in, in the number four slot this week is they got that big main event win over the Guns, former World Tag Team champions themselves, uh, on Dynamite. Uh, so that put them at number four, and the, and the Bucks have been on fire as of late, too. Yeah, they beat the Hardys recently, too. Mm-hmm. And and they've earned a shot, and they're facing FTR at All In. Um, so yeah, they they've earned their slot where they are. 
Th- uh, number three on the team's rankings. There was some debate among this one, or uh, excuse me, debate surrounding this one. Uh, number three team, better than you, Bay Bay. So, they're the number one contenders to the uh, AEW World Tag Team Championship. Um, and they've they've won, have they won every tag team match they've had? No, or else they would be the tag team Oh, champions. no, right, they, they, huh? They lost to FTR. They lost to FTR. Okay. Yeah, that's why they're not champions. All oh, right, they lost FTR, and now they're facing they're facing Aussie Open. I'm sorry, yeah, they're facing Aussie Open, Ring so of they're, Honor, so they're the number tag one team champions for the Ring of Honor tag team. Yeah, yeah, they're they're facing Aussie Open, the Ring of Honor World Tag Team Champions on the zero hour. I think I misspoke a moment ago. Yeah, you said. You I'm said sorry that. about that. Yeah. I got confused. Sorry. Um, but yeah, better than you, baby, versus Aussie Open. Gonna be a great match. Um, number two team, uh, FTR, the AEW World Tag Team Champions. They've been on a roll, been beating everyone they can. Uh, let's see, I don't think they had a match this week, did they? No. No. They were in that big uh, trios match on back on the 12th with CM Punk. Uh, they won the main event. They did not win. They did not win. No, the House of Black one, which is oh, why right, the House right, of Black right, right. is still champions. That's right. We were there. That's right. The House of Black one. I'm sorry. God, I'm just speaking all over the place. Well, that's why you're here. That's yeah. why we have two brains here. Okay. Usually, I usually I don't make mistakes. That's true. I can vouch for you there. Um. So that's why they're second, and that's why our number one team is uh, the AEW World Trios Champions. And by the way, you know, we said we were going to do trios and tag teams for this. They're the only trios team that made it on the list. Mm-hmm. Uh, the House of Black, the World Trios Champions. They've been dominant. They beat the Acclaimed with Billy Gunn. They beat CM Punk with FTR. The, the Malachi Black, Buddy Matthews, and Brody King. What one of them lacks, the other one has. This may be the most perfect three-man team we've ever seen in the in the United States. I can't tell you one much better. I mean, you might say the New Day, you might say the Fabulous Freebirds, you might say Demolition, uh, but they're that's how good they are. It's they're in talks with with those three uh, three-man teams. Uh, yeah, House of Black just killing it. Killing it, and they're mm-hmm. taking. They're not only taking the, the victories from their opponents; they're physically taking things from them as well. <laughs> Stealing items. They took Andrade's mask, and he had to fight his ass off to get it back. And what did they take? They stole Billy Gunn's boots right. that he had placed in the center of the ring to retire. They stole them from the acclaimed, and then threw them into a trash compactor. Terrible. Terrible. All right, so for the men's top five, last but not least, uh, number five, Absolute Ricky Starks. So he made the top five. He's He's been doing well. Um, even though he is technically suspended from wrestling uh, for AEW right now, he's went and got a manager's license. Uh, he did get a big win in the Owen Hart 
Foundation Memorial uh, Tournament. So that goes a long way for, for Ricky Starks. And of course, got that win over CM Punk. And then he got another win over CM Punk. Yeah. So that's enough to put Ricky Starks in the top five, that's for sure. Uh, fourth place, Orange Cassidy, the international champion. What can you say about this guy? He's been working his ass off, and his he's made how many defenses? 20, 21? I believe he's had 21 at this point. I think Wheeler was 21. Yeah, successful defenses in a row. He's been one of one of the stories, one of the best stories, not just of AEW, but out of pro wrestling this year, mm-hmm. Orange yeah. Cassidy. And he's he's doing it not with the same type of opponent every night. He's doing it with all these divergent talents going out there and doing these great matches. That's what proves a great wrestler is being able to do it with anybody. Yeah. And uh, he's really, he's shown a lot of people that he, he can really go. Uh, number three, Adam Cole, baby. So the man is the number one contender to the AEW world title. He's in the main event of All In. Uh, so he's set up at the precipice for greatness, so it's up to him now. Mm-hmm. And you would think he's number two, but of course we have a man who has a belt of his own still running around uh, that he sprayed an X over, much like Hollywood Hogan used to spray the NWO on the on the WCW belt. Uh, CM Punk. Number two spot, uh, the the quote-unquote real world champion who's gone about saying, I never lost this, no one ever beat me for it, so until someone does, it's still mine, and I'm still the real world champion. So a good way to get some heel heat, mm-hmm. that's for sure. But he's still a face, isn't he? Yeah, it, it hasn't worked as well as they hoped, I don't yeah. think. Wait, you think they were trying to turn him heel and it didn't work? I do. They're doing a terrible job turning him heel. He's such an easy person to turn heel. I kind of do. I'm not sure. I don't think they meant. I don't think they were trying to turn him heel. I'm not sure if they know which way they want him to go. No, I don't think so either. I think they want him to walk that line, and depending on how loud the boos are at whatever city he's in, is going to determine whether he's a heel or face that night. You know. And, And number one spot is of course MJF. The AEW World Champion uh, hasn't had a match lately here, but every time he does fight, he's always on it. Uh, a lot of times, has the best match or the or the second best match on the show. Uh, and so the World Champion, he's had it for quite a bit now. Um, so we had to had to put him at the number one spot. And so yeah, so there are, there are our rankings. Uh, first time doing this. Hopefully you enjoyed having a having a little ranking segment. Kind of let you know how the things we value in wrestling. You know where we place these people. Um, and of course you know the belts have have something to do with it. You know that's why you see number one in men's MJF world champion. Number one in the women's Hikaru Shida world champion. Number one in the teams, House of Black, World Trios champion. But it's not all about the belts because we have two belts that weren't on the list, you know? Correct, yeah, yeah. The TNT champion, uh, Luchasaurus, and the FTW champion. 
Jack Perry did not make our men's list. Um, and MJF uh, has had the title for almost a year. He won it on uh, November 19th, 2022. Wow. Okay. You see his reign going past a year? I do. I don't I, know. I don't see him losing to Adam Cole. I don't know how you don't have him lose to Adam Cole at the pay-per-view. He's going to... They gotta pop that crowd at the end. They got to... But the to. crowd loves MJF. That's true. But they are really into face MJF, and it's hard for him to beat Adam Cole and still be a face. That, that match is gonna be something. Yeah. I, was, I talked to Willie briefly online earlier today of Willie Does Wrestling. Hi, Willie. Um... And I asked him what match he was most looking forward to at All In, and he said Punk versus, or excuse me, he said MJF versus um, Adam Cole. And I, at the time I said uh, the uh, six-man with Omega in it, but it, it may be MJF versus Cole now, actually, now that I think hmm. about it. That's like the world's hardest question right now. Which match are you looking forward to most at all in? Because the card is so good. There's so many good matches on it. Oh, yeah. So what do, what do we got next, Kay? What's next, going on uh, next? We are looking at storyline recaps, and we got quite a few. Okay. Um. So I'll tell you which wrestlers are involved in the storyline, and we'll just kind of, like, together recap what happened. Yeah. Um, I feel like between the two of us, we should cover it pretty well. Okay. So uh, to start off with, we'll do with what opened Dynamite. So we have Jericho and the Callis family, which includes Takeshita and, as we have now learned, Will Ospreay, possibly mm-hmm. at least. He's, he's siding with, uh, with Callis. Um, and then on with Jericho, we have Sammy providing backup. Um, Callis makes a few appearances this week in different storylines, but I feel like this is his most significant one. Mm-hmm. Um, any thoughts or takeaways from the Jericho severed head segment? Yeah. Um, it, it was, I mean, it was odd. I guess that's putting it mildly. Mm-hmm. For, the, for those of you that didn't see, Jericho was meeting Callus in the ring to tell Callus whether or not he wanted to join the Callus family. And he announced, yes, he did indeed want to join the family. But there was this painting on it covered, like with a cloth, on an easel in the ring. And as Callus and Jericho were smiling and leaving the ring together, Jericho was like, hey, what's up with that painting? Let's take a look at it. I bet it's awesome. And it was... Don Callis, like, shirtless, holding the severed head of Jericho in one hand and, like, a sword in the other. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a really good painting. Um, and and that's when uh, things sort of fell apart. Yeah, so it's bizarre in that that he had this, this painting commissioned and brought it to the ring with him. You know, he couldn't just... Because he said the reason he did it was he expected his answer to be no. Callus expected mm-hmm. Jericho's answer to be no. I won't be with you. So Callus couldn't just take no for an answer. He had to form a vendetta against Jericho. But now, here that yes was his answer, 
Now he's still, he's now formed a vendetta uh, involving Chris Jericho. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, just a dumb move by Don Callis. Mm-hmm. I yeah. think commissioning commissioning paintings with your uh, your prize recruits uh, head decapitated, or, or it's usually a bad idea. You know, mm-hmm. I don't think they do that when they go to sign the kids to, for like college basketball and stuff. You know, have a backup painting of their severed head just right. in case. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're probably right there. No, I don't think they'd do that. So it's a very strange way to start the feud of what I, I think will end up being a pretty good feud. I don't know where this is headed. Uh, it seemed like they were supposed to be turning Jericho face. Yeah, I got that. But That's it seemed like the crowd didn't get that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think it came across more on TV, maybe. Yeah. Because um, the crowd was just stunned. When it when Jericho fought back and mm-hmm. they didn't know who to cheer for, you know. Yeah. Um, so that it didn't come across uh, as well as they had hoped, uh, but Jericho, I guess, is a face now, and that's great. You know, it's fifty two year old Chris Jericho, have him still going at it and still at a high level. Mm-hmm. Uh, you Plus- assume he's going to be putting together a uh, faction. That's what that's what he usually does. In in A W, well, plus now he can still be with Sammy, Mm because they've been together from the start, I believe, haven't they? Yeah, of A W. Yeah, yeah, start of A W. So they should be, they should stick together, Mm -hmm. you know. And there's a start of a faction, Jericho, Sammy Guevara. Let's get Santana and Ortiz back. Who knows when? Who knows when they're coming back? I don't know what's up. Up next, we have the storyline uh, involving MJF and Adam Cole Bebe, as well as Roderick Strong and The Kingdom, mm-hmm. kind of playing a, a periphery role, I think is what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. Peripheral, um, periphery role. It's hard to say. Peripheral or periphery role, yeah. either one, yeah. Uh, so this week we saw MJF and Adam Cole going to the Outback Steakhouse. They said they wanted to get where their enemies, uh, what do they call it? I, I forget what they idea. called it. They wanted to kind of get at their enemies' base in America is what they, you know, yeah. was, was their idea, you know. Where do they celebrate their culture? <laughs> um, and so we had... MJF and Adam Cole also watching Crocodile Dundee 1 and 2, as well as some... No, 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 no. They didn't watch it. Adam Cole wanted to watch it, but MJF said no. And then Adam Cole had a bit, well, that was five ninety nine out the out the window. You yeah, know? but then I thought after MJF showed, them, showed him the kangaroo videos, they did watch it because then they dress up like the Crocodile Hunter and talk like the Crocodile Hunter. So I assumed they watched Crocodile Dundee. Oh, hmm. I don't know. Just like not on camera. I don't know. Hmm. Was that your Was that your <laughs> Crocodile Dundee? I don't know. That's terrible. It's terrible. Oh my god. This. <laughs> no, just don't. Do it. Um, That's an old so, impression. Oh my god. So you see them uh, clothesline. A random back backstage hand uh, into a pool of water that had been set up. Double clothesline. Double, I'm sorry, double clothesline. Correct. Uh, along with an inflatable crocodile, 
And we learned that MJF has developed a new move called the kangaroo kick, mm-hmm. which Adam Cole does not seem to be a very big fan of, but MJF seems very dedicated to the idea of employing. Later on in the same night, we saw them in the ring, uh, getting on the microphone, and then they were attacked by Ozzy Open. He calls kangaroos majestic beasts. I'd agree with that. He's watching all these kangaroo fighting videos on his phone, and that's how he develops the kangaroo kick, where he puts his hands out like a little kangaroo, and he puts his teeth kind of forward for some reason, puts his teeth in in an overbite, and he crouches down, and then gives a real quick front kick with both both legs. And it's the kangaroo kick. I like it. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, I hope that he gets to use it at all. And do you think we're going to see the kangaroo kick employed in a match? I, I 100% think we're going to see it get employed. Excellent. I think it's going to be one of the highlights of the show, actually. So I think the big question regarding this storyline is what's up with Roderick Strong and the kingdom? Well, that is that the big... I think the big question is, who's going to turn first, MJF or Adam oh, Cole? Well, yeah, I meant the the big side story, I should okay, say. Okay, what's up with Roderick Strong and the kingdom? Fuck, I don't know. But, you know, if MJF wants to turn heel again, there's a ready-made faction for him. MJF, Roderick Strong, and the kingdom... Yeah, but isn't the whole thing with Roderick Strong is that he, he like, hates MJF? Yeah, but it could all be a, a ploy just to fool dumb baby face Adam Cole. Oh, you think he's, you think he's lying? He may be. Hmm. So you think MJF is going to turn heel, not Adam Cole is going to turn heel? Possibly. Which one, if you had to bet right now, which would you put your money on? MJF turning heel. I would too. Yeah. One storyline that we already mentioned briefly when we were doing our rankings is that of the House of Black and the Acclaimed. Mm-hmm. So what what do you think the next move is? We saw the, the House of Black throw the newly retired, supposedly, uh, Billy Gunn's boots into the trash compactor. Mm-hmm. What? Where do we go from here? Um... Well, it would be, it's strange because they've, by they, I mean the the acclaimed and other wrestlers have been acting not as though Billy Gunn retired, but as though he died. Mm -hmm. So I think what's next here is uh, maybe a funeral for Billy Gunn. What? Uh, no. A, a remembrance ceremony for Billy Gunn? Rather. I could see that, but not, not, a, funeral. not a funeral. No, I was, just, I was kidding. But uh, some sort of remembrance ceremony honoring Billy Gunn, something like that. Uh, that, of course, the House of Black crashes, and then the babyface have an answer to. Now, what is their answer? I don't know. That's what we got to figure out. Who the babyfaces have to rival the House of Black. Because right now it's just the acclaimed versus three of the roughest wrestlers in the world right now. Do you think it's going to be someone new? Like a new secret person that no one knows about? I don't know. I don't know. But word is, there is some new secret person headed to AEW who's supposedly a, a big free agent signing. I don't know. 
I don't know. I know Tony Khan said he wanted, he thought AEW was going to be the best show he's ever booked. Uh, all in, I mean, to say. Uh, it's going to be the best show he's ever booked. And it's going to have surprises. I totally expect to see Goldberg there. I'm going to be disappointed if we don't. I know a lot of people don't like that. I don't give a fuck if you don't like it. I like Goldberg. Uh, he's exciting. He's He still has that excitement about him. And he can get in shape really fast. And he still, uh, still can go, you know, when he gets in shape. You know, we don't need him out there having 15-minute classics. Just short matches based on power, you know. Um, and, of course, he's not the same draw as he used to be. But that's fine, too, you know. People change as they age. He's still a legend, you know, and used to be a legendary power. I mean, just a, an amazing beast to watch. Um, and so still, you know, to, to kind of see him and, and harken back to those days uh, is, is a fun thing. Now, we don't need Goldberg going out there and winning the world title or anything like that, but there could be some interesting matchups for him I would like to see. In AEW, yeah, for sure. I'm I'm a Goldberg fan, no doubt. But is he who you would put with the acclaimed? You got you got sucked down this Goldberg alley. No, no. Okay. No, I can't see Goldberg with yeah. the scissor me and all that, no, all that either, jazz. Yeah. No, no, no. So who would you put with the acclaimed? Would you bring Billy Gunn back? Don't you think he's coming back? I absolutely think he's coming back. I yes. think I think he's just I think that's a simple thing. He's coming back. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think What's going to be the thing you think that convinces him to come back? Are the acclaimed going to go to him and talk him into it or is there going to be something that happens to the acclaimed that's so egregious yeah, that he comes back have to, to just save beat them? They're their asses or like bury them alive. Mhm. Or Something like the House of Black will have to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The House of Black, or or you know, cut into this remembrance ceremony and crash the fucking TV monitors over their heads, or some shit like that. Something rowdy. Yeah, something underhanded, <laughs> to where Billy Gunn can't just sit at home and, yeah. and watch it. He has to come back. All right, I like that. I like that plan. So our next storyline, we got Kenny Omega with Jim Ross sitting down to talk about his plans for All In. And while they're talking, out comes Callus. Mm-hmm. What's his, I forgot his first name. Don. Don. Thank Don. you, Don. Uh, I was going to say John Callis, and I knew that wasn't right. Uh, Don Callis comes out, starts talking smack uh, to Kenny Omega. And then while getting smack talked to, he then gets actually smacked by... Uh, Jay White and Juice Robinson who come out uh, and start beating the crap out of him and cause him to go to the local medical facility. So at the local medical facility we see Adam Page waiting outside the hospital outside outside an ambulance actually uh, drinking beer. So this led to what match at all in? It's Kenny Omega, Kota Ibushi, and uh, Hangman Adam Page versus Juice Robinson, Swingblade Jay White. Switchblade. Switchblade Jay White, thank you. I do that all the time. Switchblade Jay White. And uh, who the fuck is the third person on their team? I think it's Jaco- K- Kanosuke Takeshita. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, I think so, yeah. So, do you think that this B, uh, BCG, as I've been calling them, but I guess that's confusing with the BCC being a thing. So, the Bullet Club Gold, do you think this is just a temporary quick feud with Omega and, and Hangman? Just for the sake of All In, so they have some kind of storyline going into this match? Or do you think this is going to be their new thing since the Elite aren't feuding with the Blackpool Combat Club anymore? Good question. I think... I think it will be their new thing. Um, what an awesome thing. Yeah. We're going to get some good matches. Yeah. I mean, I think having Don Callis led, I think it'll, it might be like a three-way kind of feud. Mm-hmm. Because we'll have Don Callis' group, and then you have the, the Bullet Club Gold, mm-hmm. and, and and the Elite, you know? So you have both teams of heels kind of facing off against the Elite. Yeah, I kind of took it as like, Bullet Club Gold are like mercenaries, and that Don Callis like hired them to beat up Kenny Omega. That's yeah, how I like that. That's kind of how it came it. off. Yeah, that's kind of how it came off. Um, so we said we were going to talk about Tony Storm, but we already talked about her when we were doing our yeah, just just rundown. what she's doing. Her mm-hmm. yeah, we are. I guess we just would repeat ourselves. Yeah, just what she's doing is great. It's very entertaining, and it's nice to see her get some time to do some mm-hmm. work on her character. Yeah, the only thing I think we should add that we didn't really mention before was that Lexi kind of hinted at cracks beginning to form in the outcast group and that Tony Storm denied that there was any tension or any friction mm-hmm. in, in, in amongst the outcasts. Uh, and so I guess we'll have to wait and see it all in how, how she and Soraya do in the ring with each other. Mm-hmm. And maintain their friendship if, if possible. If they're wise, they'll you know just double team the whole time. Yeah, but eventually one, one only one of them can win. Yeah, true. And then our last story that we're going to talk about for this this week's segment is Miro. Okay. Uh, what you got? Well, Miro, uh, just kind of his situation. You know, he, he they had him doing this thing for a bit, you know, with the, the Redeemer and, and his hot double-jointed wife and all that, and had him winning matches. And then what the word was around the internet, at least, was that, you know, he didn't want to do jobs. He didn't want to lose to people. And so Tony Khan said, all right, you don't want to lose. I fucking got nothing for you. You know, what? how can I make anything work if you don't want to lose a match? Which is, that's how wrestling works, you know? You got to give the other guy something or, you know? You gotta make him look like somebody, or it makes you look like nobody by beating mm-hmm. him. Yeah. Um, duh. You know that's the mo- most basic point of the th- the thing is you gotta make the other guy look good so you can look good. Mm-hmm. Um. But it looks like Miro's back, and it he's certainly being booked in the same way so maybe he's back to his old shit where he's refusing to lose it looks like he's headed into this feud with powerhouse Hobbs mm-hmm. so maybe maybe he's changed his ways he's seen the light uh, yeah. I hope so and again I, I don't I don't know if these stories are true uh, that's just what what the internet says about him um, so I don't know if that's that's true or not yeah, well, it is definitely true that he's going 
into a feud with Powerhouse Hobbs because they have a match booked for All Out. Oh, yeah. I keep forgetting about All Out. I've just blocked it out of my brain entirely. Well, that's because All In is, like, so massive that mm-hmm. you can't even see, like, All Out's shadow because yeah. it's so big, you know? True. Um, I just... I just they've, they, they've announced matches for All Out, and I'm like, so what? Like, yeah. that's been my reaction. Well, I mean, because you're going from, you know... 80, whatever they're doing, 85, 87,000 goddamn seats. Mm. They're going from that down to, I don't know, where they're doing all out. or I don't even know where they're doing all I out. I guess that's, Chicago, the, that's the point. It? I feel like everything I do is in Chicago. I don't know. That's like, if AW is doing a show and you're not sure where it is, if you guess Chicago, you'll be right like 75% of the time. Mm-hmm. Um... So, up next, we have some news items. Okay. Uh, in this segment, we're just going to cover rumors and confirmed stories uh, that have taken place in the past week regarding AEW and or wrestlers that work for AEW. So, the first one is exciting. It is also dealing with All In, and it is that Jericho... And his band, Fozzie, is going to perform Judas, Jericho's entrance theme, live at All In. Pretty awesome. That's super awesome. That's definitely going to be the biggest show they ever played, right? 80,000 people, like, by far. That's awesome. I'm super excited for him. Mm -hmm. Has a wrestler ever sung their own entrance while entering? Like, how's that going to work? Do you think he's going to be, like, walking to this... this no, I think they'll city? have it as a no. I think they'll have it as a, a its own separate thing. Okay, so it won't be like the song, and then he goes to the ring and wrestles. He, he may, but I don't think he'll be walking to the ring while he's singing. I think it'll be like a normal performance for them. Mm-hmm. I gotcha. Um, speaking of all in, uh, Dave Meltzer says that Danielson and Omega were uh, originally planned to be facing each other at All In prior to Danielson breaking his arm at Forbidden Door 2. Mm-hmm. And also, Danielson is expected to return in October, if not a few weeks earlier. So that's exciting. Yeah, I mean, Danielson versus Omega, that's that would be the match I'd want to see, you know, or CM Punk versus Omega or CM Punk versus Danielson. One of those. So you got CM Punk in there. Who's, a, you know, kind of a brawler style, but with some, with some technical stuff as well. And kind of for the lapsed fan, you know, maybe someone who's been out of wrestling for several years, you tell them, Hey, CM Punk is back. He's with AW. They'll say, what? CM Punk is wrestling. And yeah, they might come back. Uh, or you got Brian Danielson, who I think is the best technical wrestler in the United States today. For some reason, I can't say United States. There it went. Uh, I may be meeting him in November. Uh, I haven't decided yet of the money. Um, uh, and then also you have uh, Kenny Omega, Omega, who, of course, is talented on the technical side, but also has a, some aerial mastery as well, and some brawling. I mean, Kenny Omega puts puts it all together, as you know. He's the whole package. He is. Not the total package, because that's Lex Luger. No, he's the he's whole, the whole package. package. Yeah. Uh, so any combination of those guys, yeah, just drop them in, and, and it'd be great. 
So, yeah, it sucks that we missed out on Danielson versus Omega. Mm-hmm. But, uh... But it's exciting that he's MJF coming back versus soon. Cole is cool, huh? Yeah, I said it's well. It's exciting that he's coming back soon. Who? Danielson. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, MJF versus Cole is gonna be a great match, though. I mean, we've already mm-hmm. seen. Uh, didn't we see them in an Iron Man match? We did. Uh, uh yeah. And uh, remember, Adam Cole needed five more minutes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, also in the news today, we have some stuff with Tony Khan. So Tony Khan did a press conference, or is a press conference and a media conference the same thing? I don't know. And they okay. also got a scrum. Okay, well, it was a media, media conference is where the stuff came from. Okay. So he mentions that he's interested in possibly starting a European federation, a uh, wrestling federation, but that he doesn't want to discuss it until after All In, which begs the question... Why bring it up then, you know? Yeah. Uh, unless uh, maybe a reporter asked him about it. Um, and then as of today, FTR and versus the Bucks is still happening at, at All In, which is, this might be a good point. Do you want to talk about Cash Wheeler? Yeah, so what happened allegedly is allegedly uh, in July, I believe it was. Well, this is yeah, back in July. Cash Wheeler was on the highway uh, and was in a car and there was another car and allegedly he brandished his weapon, a semi-automatic handgun, I believe is what they said, uh, and pointed it at them. There was some road rage dispute or something. Now, whether he was, I don't know him, whether he was drunk or on drugs or what his deal was, I have no idea. Or whether the event even or, happened. Or whether it actually happened at all. We have no idea. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, who knows? But he was booked. He was arrested in, uh, in North Carolina. and uh, Florida. In Florida, I'm sorry. He's from North Carolina. And I remember now, yeah, he was arrested in Florida. Thank you, Kay. Uh-huh. Uh, that's why she's here, to keep me, keep me honest. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, he was arrested in Florida. And, uh, you know, at first, I mean, aside from, you know, that, if it's true, that's a terrible thing. But to look at it from the wrestling point of view, which is why we're here, that would be terrible to cost the FTR and the Bucks match, you know, which as of right now, as we said, is still ongoing. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now, England, they have a right, if they want to, they can deny him entry on the grounds that he has a felony pending. But considering who Tony Khan is and who his father is, I'm sure he's going to go right through. Now, were it you or I, we wouldn't be going to see Big Ben. You know? Mm -hmm. Uh, We might be in the prison cell with Big Ben, but we wouldn't be going to see Big Ben. But uh, he will be going to to London, it looks like. Uh, So, yeah, that's what's up with that. So, if it's true, hopefully he gets the, uh, if it's true, obviously he needs some sort of anger management or uh, substance abuse or some sort of issue there, because that's not something, you know, a person in a good place mentally does, you know. So, hopefully, if he really did that, he gets the help, whatever, the help he needs, he gets the help that he, he needs, uh, to get past those kinds of things. 
Uh, so who knows how it's all going to shake out. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. We'll just have to wait and see. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure it'll take a really long time because the court systems are super slow. Mm-hmm. Oh, I can tell you that. So uh, back to Tony Khan. Our last piece of news is that Tony Khan says that Sting is on the greatest run of his career. Do you agree or disagree? No. <laughs> that seems like a ridiculous statement. Like, what? When was the last time Sting had a match, even? It's been like a month or two, right? No, no. But. When was the last Sting match then? He's had a match in the last well, month. He, he just recently invaded some independent show. Did you see that? Oh, that's true. I think. I think he's saying that Sting's having the most fun doing this kind of stuff, like going through tables, which is something he never did. He didn't do, he didn't do that in WCW. Oh, okay. See, I'm not. I'm not that familiar with his WCW days. Yeah, you, you've kind of you've seen some before Sting was there, and you've seen a little with Sting, just a little, little bit with Sting. Um, is WCW Sting is that Crow Sting or Surfer Sting? Both. Both. He was only, okay. Yeah, yeah. He was only WWE very short time. Oh, okay. Yeah. He spent more time in TNA than he spent in WWE. Oh. So as someone who's kind of followed Sting's career, uh, would you say this is the greatest run of his career? No. Uh, if Sting says it is, then great for him. But I was looking just randomly. Here. Uh, Clash of Champions 2. Dusty Rhodes and Sting beat NWA World Tag Team Champions Tully Blanchard and Arn Anderson by DQ. Clash of Champions 3. Sting beat Barry Windham by DQ. Uh, let's see. Clash of Champions 5. Uh, the Road Warriors and Ginikiru Tenryu Battled to a no contest with Michael Hayes, Junkyard Dog, and Sting. So, no. I'm going to say, just <laughs> pulling, literally opening up a random uh, wrestling fact book and reading out three matches. On, like, the first page you opened it to. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say, no. This is not the best run of his career when he was in WCW facing legends. In 1991, Rick Rude defeated U.S. champion Sting for the title. Main event of the next Clash of Champions, Ricky the Dragon fucking Steamboat and Sting defeated Rick Rude and Steve Austin. Oh my gosh, let's let's watch that when we get done recording this. That sounds pretty awesome. Yeah. That sounds super awesome. I love all of those people. Yeah, I've never seen that match. Do we have Clash of the Champions on Peacock? Mm Mm-hmm. Awesome. Clash of the Champions 18, January 21st, 1992. Main event, Ricky Steamboat and Sting versus Rick Rude and Steve Austin. I I feel like you've made your point. I made my point. I'm sorry. I could read that book all night. (laughs) But yes, my point is no. (laughs) Uh, No. I feel like he's not on the best run of his career. If If he's enjoying it, good for him. I'm enjoying watching it. That's not the best run of his career, no. That probably was when he was, like, NWA world champion. WCW world champion. Mm -hmm. I think so. 
I'm enjoying watching it except for Joker Sting. Oh like, yeah, I that want, was. Jesus I want Christ. that guy to go away and never come back. Yeah, uh, that was terrible. It was not good. So that wraps up our news segment, and then each week we are going to end our show with a topic of the week. And and it it's at some point soon we're going to take uh, suggestions from you, our fans, for some topics. So. But this week we picked the topic. Mm-hmm. And the topic this week is entrances. And so we're going to talk about different aspects of entrances. Uh, good, the bad, uh, and the different different uh, federations, how they do entrances. Okay, what are you, what's your first thought when you think of wrestling entrance? What do you think? With AEW or in general? Just in general. Tell me I what think, you think. I think of pyrotechnics. Yeah. Yeah. And I also think of that moment where the wrestler pauses and then does their special move. Yeah. And, yeah, those are the two things that come to mind. Like, and and the special move has to be, like, in time with music in some way, you know? And so does the pyro. Which I guess I'm almost saying, like, the entire thing that makes up an entrance. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) The music, the pyro, the special movements, you know, um... I think of Rhea Ripley's entrance as a really good example of what an entrance should be. Mm-hmm. You have the music, you have a special move that's not only timed to the music, but hers is also timed to the pyro or like Cody Rhodes with his woe. That's another thing. Like if you can have audience participation in some way in your entrance, then that's going to put you over like, like so much more than almost anything else could. People love being part of the show. Yeah. They do, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Whether a face like, or a heel. Yeah, I mean, well, like, Rhea Ripley's a heel, and I feel like they get into her entrance. That's mm. uh, so why if you're a heel, you gotta shut that shit down, though. Yeah. Shut it down. I guess uh, maybe it's just me that gets into Rhea Ripley's entrance. Now that I'm thinking about it, the crowd doesn't really react at any point. I just really love it. Man, when I'm thinking entrances, I'm thinking... Just, you know, excitement. I mean, back in the day, that's the first time you saw your guy, you know? And I say guy because when I was a kid, we didn't have women's wrestling. You know, it was few and far between did we have women's wrestling. We had more little people wrestling than we did women's wrestling. Just to show you how, how, you know, how little women's wrestling we had. But I'm, I'm getting off the point. Entrances, you know, you think about your guy. When I was a kid, you know, I would memorize. And you're talking about movements choreographed mm-hmm. now everybody has them it didn't used to be that way it used to be some guys would just walk to the ring or kind of you know give a little flex kind of mm-hmm. spin around let the audience see them a little but now everybody has 10 different things they do on their way to the ring yeah but when i was a kid i would record i would take a recorder a tape recorder mm-hmm. and i would hold it up to the tv and record their entrance music and then I would make a tape and label it with the different superstars' entrance music. And then I would pretend to be that superstar, you know, coming in to wrestle my pillow. And so I would do the movements. <laughs> I would do the movements uh-huh. in time to the music, yeah. you know? So that's what I think of when I think of entrances. And I'll tell you, number two, what I think of when I think of entrances. Uh, and that is the grandest stage of them all, as they call it, WrestleMania. You can't help thinking WrestleMania when you think of entrances. 
I mean, whether it's Shawn Michaels, you know, you always see that him gliding down on the, mm-hmm. on the, yeah. uh, what's the it called? Zip line. On the zip line. Thank you for WrestleMania 12, for his destiny there. Um, you know, whether it's The Undertaker arriving in a, you know, in a hearse or whatever. Mm-hmm. WrestleMania, whether it's Dom, Dominic Mysterio arriving in a, and the police, uh, <laughs> and like the police car, like a uh, paddy wagon. Yeah, paddy wagon. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, for this past year's WrestleMania, yeah, entrances. I think WrestleMania. You know, when you say wrestling entrances, this should have been my first response, and it wasn't. But like when you say the word entrances in relation to wrestling, in my head, I hear the glass crashing sound of Stone Cold Steve Austin, and to me, that is like. That one noise is like the epitome of an entrance. Like all of the excitement just starts like instantly as soon as you hear that sound. He had maybe the best entrance ever. Yeah. There's a glass breaks. And as he said, when you hear the glass, you know it's your ass. (laughs) And the glass breaks and then he comes just strutting down to his rock music Mm -hmm. and he's ready talking his shit, you know, and he's ready. You know? Yeah. What's your favorite entrance that you think most people would not understand why you love it so much? Oh, my God. That I think most people would not understand why I love it so much. That's, yeah. that's tough. Um, you got to give me a minute on that. Uh, let me ask well, you. Well, you want me to tell you mine? Okay. So mine is Shane McMahon's. I love Shane McMahon's entrance. I love the music. I love his weird shuffly dance that he does. And I love that I get so excited when it happens because we see him so infrequently now. Um, God, when, when people wouldn't understand why. I like it. I might have to go... Might have to go with with someone like... The head shrinkers. What was you? Can you describe their entrance for those of us that are unfamiliar? So the head shrinkers were uh, Samoan. They're part of the you know the whole bloodline. Uh, Sam Samu and Fatu. In fact, Fatu, who became Rikishi, is Jimmy's Jimmy and Jay's father and Solo. Um, and Samu and Fatu, they came out in the. Sarongs, or, and that was called, and uh, and in tights, and they would come out and just kind of they were wild, they were wild savages, you know. It's a, it's a gimmick you would never do nowadays, mm-hmm. but they were wild Samoans, you know, and so they would look at the cameras and they would stick their tongue out at it, and look mm-hmm. at it menacingly and just stuff like that. Those those touches that that get you over as a creep, things mm-hmm. like that. I was going to say Razor Ramon, but everybody can understand why you like that entrance, because it's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So bringing those back to AEW, since this is our AEW show. Yeah. We have talked on the record, I think, both of us, about AEW entrances and how you feel specifically like it is leaving much to be desired. So, do you feel like AEW's entrances 
need to be as produced and as big time as WWE entrances? Yes. Or I one hundred percent. I think they one hundred percent need to. I think. Why? Because I think people look at your entrances, and that is what they think of your product. And I think they think, oh, they're only putting that much pyro. He must not be that good, or she must not be that good, or oh, that, you know, he, you know, he doesn't pose here. He doesn't stop and pose three times. Oh, he must not know what he's doing. He must mm-hmm. be young. He must not know he needs to pose during his entrance. So, one thing, and and usually I'm all for being different than WWE, especially nowadays. Mm-hmm. One thing they need to make themselves more like WWE is their entrances. Because that's one place where they get outclassed. They get blown away by WWE. Mm-hmm. Because WWE, from the start of their entrance to the time they hit the ring, you understand who this character is. By their body language, by their entrance music, mm-hmm. by the lighting, by the weird uh, augmented reality things that they do. Mm-hmm. I don't by, care for this. Oh, I love those. No, yeah, it's cool. It's such a good touch. And by the, by the, uh, by the ring announcer, so much goes into a WWE entrance. I mean, they're first class, and AEW is third class, if that's first class. So, uh, they're in steerage. They, they need to, yeah, they need to step their shit up on on the entrances. I know they want to feel different. And that's all fine and dandy. But like I said, it's something where people look at that. They look at your production and and on the entrances, they're used to being wowed. And if you don't wow them, I'm not sure how seriously they will take your product. And now, I don't give a fuck, personally. I'm going to watch, like, I'll watch two luchadors who come out to no music at all and just growl at each other if it's going to be the best match. But most wrestling fans are not like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm okay with them increasing their production value in their entrances. As long as they don't make their entrances, like, long. Right, right. Because sometimes I feel like with WWE, it's like, oh my god, I have to listen to this entrance again. And then it just goes on and on, like Seth Rollins. Oh, yeah. With that song. Yeah. Like, I just... Yeah. And, like, Roman Reigns, where, like, we fast-forward through their entrance... Because it takes so long. Yeah. I don't want AEW to get to that point. Right. No, 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 no. They just need to step closer to WWE. One entrance I think they do perfectly, well, two, is House of Black. I think their entrance is spot on. Mm-hmm. Um, Which is very, very, you couldn't say that with many, but their entrance is, is spot on. And, yeah, House and then of Black. the other one is Orange Cassidy. <laughs> yeah. With his one firework. One firework. And the white sheets of paper, basically, that just say in Sharpie what pictures are supposed to be there. Mm-hmm. No, you nail, hit the nail on the head, and I would agree. Those are the only two that are done properly. Mm-hmm. Uh, the elites are kind of cool, like when they come out and do no, their no, pose no, 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 with no. a silhouette. Uh, it's okay. It's not enough for, for who they are and what they're supposed to be to that company. Yeah, they need more pyro, huh? Yeah, yeah. I mean, these guys are supposed to be the the Ric Flair, the Tully Blanchard, the Arn Anderson of that company. Mm-hmm. And if you watch the show, that's not how they're treated production-wise. Mm-hmm. Not at all. 
Not at all. But yeah, some entrances make a, you know, they they affect us un, even if it's unconsciously. They affect us, folks. I think, you know, stop and think about who some of your favorites are. And are their entrances good? Do their entrances suck? Think about some of the people who you think suck. Don't you think their entrances suck, too? Uh, just think about it for a little bit, you know? That's all. I'd be, be interested to, to hear what we all have to, to say about, about entrances. And... and you can make your entrance special without having to have pyro like think of dalton castle like he's got like the world's greatest entrance and there's zero pyro zero special effects it's just him and his boys and his magic you know talk about a great entrance the best entrance in wrestling today dalton castle yeah absolutely dalton castle if you're not if you've not seen this man comes out in a glittery jumpsuit and he holds the, holds his, he has a cape, holds the cape open to where it looks like peacock wings. He has boys scantily clad. They're called boys. They're, they're men, though. Don't worry. Uh, he has scantily clad boys, as he calls them, uh, rhythmically clapping along to his song as he struts his way down to the ring uh, in this jumpsuit-looking thing. Uh, talking to the cameraman, and then spins the cameraman around, still talking to the cameraman, and then feeds the boys out of his hand as though they're they're baby chicks. And as Kay said, this has no special effects budget, no nothing, but totally gets across his character that he is some sort of insane homosexual. Basically is what Dalton Castle's character is, yes. Yeah. He's like too fabulous for words, so it has to be conveyed visually. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And if you want to see Dalton Castle's entrance, he was on, I think it was Dynamite this week. Collision. Collision. He was on Collision. He lost to Jay White. Jay White, yeah. In a good match. Yeah, but he did his full, like, normal entrance. Mm -hmm. Um, And I believe the boys were with him. Mm -hmm. So check that out. It's worth it. Dalton Castle is magic. Any uh, final thoughts on entrances? What's uh, uh, what's the best one you've ever seen? What's your favorite one? Dalton Castle is my favorite oh. entrance. Oh, okay. Yeah, by far. He's got a good one. It's so He's good. He's got a good one. It's, he feeds imaginary food to grown men and then <laughs> twirls the camera like he's in a love story. And then he steps on the backs of the boys to get into the ring. And then they strip his jumpsuit off of him after he raises these giant wings. And it's just, it's just so good. What's your favorite entrance? Yeah, we got, you almost convinced me now. Um, man, I just, when, when I hear entrance... I think I think probably the the glass breaking stone cold, you mm-hmm. know? The glass breaking and and him coming out and just strutting to the ring ready to to kick ass and he did it for, you know, years in the in the late 90s and early 2000s, carried WWE, WWF for years. 
being involved, right involved in the most, uh, in, in the biggest storylines for WWE and WWF. Um, and it, it never got old because Austin was such a good actor and the character was so much an extension of himself that people bought into it and they believed it and they loved it. And, you know, Austin's main uh, opponent was his boss and a lot of people can relate to that shit. I can tell you that for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people got off on seeing Austin beat up his boss. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> Just like how now uh, yeah. people get off on seeing Rey Mysterio beat up his kid. Yeah. <laughs> people love seeing their desires come across. But I'm getting, getting off it. Just, yeah. just, it's, a, it's an entrance that just fits with that character perfectly. Same as we're saying about Dalton Castle. It's an entrance that explains who they are, and you get it. By the time... They're they they're at the ring. You not only get who they are, but you want to cheer for them. Cool. So when can they hear from us next, Asa? Well, the next time they can hear from us is going to be Thursday. No, it's going yes, it's going to be Thursday when we do <laughs> our uh, All pre- preview show for AW All In. Thank you, Jesus. Mm-hmm. I made it to the end of that sentence eventually. So yeah, All In is Sunday. It's Sunday afternoon. Thank the fuck yes, Christ. Yeah. I'm glad about that. They need to do all the pay-per-views on Sunday afternoons. Or Saturday afternoons, rather. Uh, but it's Sunday afternoon. So it can be... Uh, what is that? Nighttime. It'll be nighttime in, in England, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we're doing our uh, preview and prediction show for All In on Thursday. And then the next time you can hear us after that will be Saturday, our first episode of our new, our other new show, WWE Weekly, which will be very similar to this show, but not, not the exact same. Uh, why? Because that's boring. Why make things the same? So it'll be very similar to this format, but we will be talking about some different topics than we talked about here tonight. Uh, but we will have things like the ratings and the match results. Those things, of course, we'll have. But the the topics we discuss will be very different uh, with WWE as opposed to AEW. If you want to make sure that you don't miss one of our upcoming shows, be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts, as well as rate or like this podcast. Um, if you aren't following us on YouTube, be sure to follow us there, subscribe. Uh, you can catch our podcast on YouTube as well as other video content that we have been producing. More and more stuff coming to YouTube uh, by the week, I promise. Uh, and also, I want to add in, uh, start, I made this announcement online, but I'm going to, announce it to, uh, going to announce it to the podcast listeners here. Starting around September 1st, we're going to start doing retro reviews of WCW Halloween Havoc. And not only that, but we're going to probably review maybe one or two of the NXT Halloween Havocs as well. To get you in the mood for the spooky season. Mm-hmm. We're going to do that through September and through October. So uh, get hyped. And if you have a specific Halloween Havoc you would like to hear about, yeah, try and get at us. So you can get at us on Twitter at no bones wrestling that's at no bones r-a-s-s-l-i-n uh or at k fabulous 80 that's at k-a-y fabulous eight zero 
And folks, uh, as Mick Foley would say, have a nice day. Bye.